This episode is brought to you by MDC Strategy. By the Hood has partnered with several other educators and investors to create MDC Strategy. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme or fake internet gurus selling you dreams of wealth. This is a community of educators and investors who believe in the power of community and shared ideas. We share information about real estate, long-term stock investing, precious metals, options trading, cryptocurrency, and much more. For more information, visit mdcstrategy.com. This is not investment advice. It's for educational and informational purposes only. For those that, you know, watch what Warren Buffett does, and I'm one of them. I like to see what he does. I think you can learn a lot from um, how Warren Buffett invests. But the one thing I'll say is this, us retail investors or, or for, but even, even more so than retail investors, I don't think anyone, now listen when I say this, nobody has the ability to invest like Warren Buffett. I don't care what your favorite YouTuber says or what you hear in a podcast. You cannot invest like Warren Buffett. And I'll explain why in a second, right? Because what's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast, because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to all of our supporters Anyone who supports what we got going on at By the Hood, special shout out to all of our members of the MDC Strategy Group. I got my partner, Crown Core. Me, Core, what's up, good brother? Man, what's really good, Jim? Man, Core, live in location from Houston, Texas. Now, my brother's out in the Midwest. Now, you a you a Midwest? Yeah, I'm still setting up my office, man. I'm it's all no gravy. It's all gravy, man. I'm, um, I'm, I'm still. I'm, I'm. I'm. And I'm not no Midwesterner. Let's just get it right. I just, make sure, I just want to see if you out there already with the cowboy hat, open carry, and whatnot. I just want to see if you uh you fully. I'm, I'm, only, one, I'm only one half of that. <laughs> <laughs> You pick which half. You pick which half I am. I heard that. I just want to see you fully in the Texas culture yet, man. (laughs) Anyway, man, congratulations to you and your family on the move, man. That's awesome. You guys, you built a home out there. So congratulations, good brother. Appreciate you, man. And also congratulations to the youngin' because your your, your son is in college out there, too. So that's dope, man. Yeah, man. I got one in Pampers and one in college, man. So I got got the full gamut of... Of children, man. Oh, good, man. But for those who don't know, um, our podcast, we come on, we talk about all things that pertain to black wealth and personal finance, because um, those are the issues that we like to, uh, you know, talk about for the most part. And for those who may be watching for the first time, By the Hood is a community organization dedicated to teaching the power of ownership to our folks. But we like to have conversations on our podcast that pertain to anything we see in personal finance or black wealth or things that interest us. Um, and if you come to our Friday live show, and we have our Friday live show, we talk about pretty much everything. Um, from ratchet music and TV to personal finance, black wealth, uh, internet memes, the whole nine. But on this show, I got an article that I want to share. And for those that are listening to the audio version of this podcast, I'll make sure to put the link so you can take a look at this article. Um, and it's also a YouTube video I want to share too. A, a clip of a video I was watching that I want to share. Um, I'll put the link to that as well. But let's get started, man. Let's get started, Corey, man. Let's get right to it, man. This article is actually about they call the Oracle of Omaha, uh, which is Warren Buffett, right? So this article is about um, Berkshire Hathaway's company. His company now owns $1 trillion of assets, which is more than Microsoft, Alphabet, and Meta combined. (laughs) So so let me give you a little bit of the highlights of this article. 
It says Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway reported one trillion of assets for the first time last quarter. That's roughly triple the assets of Apple, 10 times Tesla's figure, 20 times Nvidia's total. Their assets have ballooned a 33,000 fold under Buffett from under 30 million when he started the company. So just to give you a little bit of context, right? It surpassed one trillion of assets. That's more than double Amazon, triple Apple, greater than Microsoft, Meta, and Alphabet all put together. His company holds 1.04 trillion of assets at the end of June, its second quarter earnings revealed. Um, so this includes a stock portfolio, which was worth 353 billion at the quarter's close, including 178 billion stake in Apple. So that's four commas, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it also has 147 billion of cash and treasury bills. So it reflected the conglomerate's equity method investments in companies like Kraft Heinz, Pilot, and Occidental Petroleum, plus equipment, inventories, receivables, and more. So this is counting the assets. This isn't the market cap of the company, but the actual assets that they own. So it owns scores of businesses across dozens of industries. That includes insurance, energy, railroads, real estate, industrials, manufacturing services, and retail. So it says, given Berkshire's vast scale and focus on the quote-unquote real economy instead of asset-like technologies, it makes sense that it has a larger balance sheet than any of the big tech companies. Apple itself owned about $335 billion at, um, at the end of its most recent quarter, which is $167 billion of cash, marketable securities, and other liquid assets. Amazon has about $463 billion. And Microsoft, Apple, and Meta have about $200 to $400 billion, right? So Tesla, which commands a similar market cap to Berkshire, holds just 91 billion of assets, right? So Nvidia, which dwarfs Berkshire's uh, market value, so Berkshire's market cap is about 768 billion, and Nvidia has a 1.2 trillion market cap. It owns just 44 billions of assets, so it's less than 120th of Berkshire's Berkshire's total at the last count. Dang. So with all that being said, last point I want to make is that. The bigger banks, me and Corey always talk about the power of the banks in our in our current system, still dwarf uh, Berkshire. JP Morgan has 3.9 trillions of assets, right? So I mean, some of some of the bigger like banks still dwarf uh, dwarf Berkshire. So even with all that being said, the one trillion milestone is quite an achievement. The company owned about 30 million in 1964, a year before Buffett took charge. That swelled to around 21 billion in 1994, right? For after 30 years. In a 700-fold rise in 30 years. So they ballooned by another 48 times since 1994, meaning Buffett has overseen a roughly 33,000-fold increase during his tenure as CEO of Berkshire Hathaway. So, Corey, there's a lot to talk about. Right. Escape, right. But I do want to add a little bit of um, a little bit more context. So, so people would like to look at the market cap of a company, which is what the company is worth, you know, based upon its equity that's out there in the market. What this is talking about are the actual assets that um, the company has. So it's one thing to have a market cap. So you look at something like a, a Tesla, which has one twenty, if they say, of Berkshire's assets, but the value is kind of on pace. This means that Berkshire has real tangible assets, like real assets that back up the valuation, which is a whole different ballgame. Yeah, man. It's actually they have more <laughs> in assets than they do in, in valuation, which is hard to believe. It's hard to believe, but it also shows just how sol rock solid the company that he built is. Right. Yeah, that's that joint is, is a juggernaut. 
Yeah, that's an amazing thing, right? So I say all that to say this, right? Um, be careful when looking at market caps of companies because a lot of that stuff is just smoke and mirrors. They don't have the assets to back it up. This is, you know, um, those valuations are based on a wing and a prayer. A lot of those valuations, especially when you get into the tech side of things, some of them tech valuations, bro, are just like yeah, out, of control. out of control. But I also want to say this, right? I'll make a point before we go deeper into this conversation. For those that, you know, watch what Warren Buffett does, and I'm one of them, I like to see what he does. I think you can learn a lot from um, how Warren Buffett invests. But the one thing I'll say is this, us retail investors or, or for, but even, even more so than retail investors, I don't think anyone, now listen when I say this, nobody has the ability to invest like Warren Buffett. I don't care what your favorite YouTuber says or what you hear in a podcast, you cannot invest like Warren Buffett. And I'll explain why in a second, right? Because Warren Buffett has done something that's not talked about a lot. And a lot of Warren Buffett's value or wealth is built on his branding. And it's funny because I, I once read this and I was watching a YouTube video. It's a channel I love, by the way. I think it's, I don't even know how to pronounce it. I think it's called Phineas or Fine, whatever. How, I'm going to show the part of the video I was watching. But he does a lot of um, historical videos on uh, business in Wall Street. And I was watching a video he had on Berkshire. And the point that he was making is um, Buffett has somewhat branded himself as um, the conscious of Wall Street, someone who does all everything ethically. And because of that, he's given opportunities that the average person would never be able to get. So it's not that I'm slandering Warren Buffett at all. That's not what I'm saying, because I think he does. <clears throat> and when you listen to his talks, a lot of what he says is good. He talks about frugality. He talks about, um, you know, not wasting money. I don't agree with everything he says. Right. But the one thing I will say is um, you can learn a lot in terms of circle of competence, standing in a circle of competence. I think that's an important lesson. Um, I think his lesson about not paying a bunch of uh, interest on credit cards is very important. Um, I think his lesson on, yo, just buy the S&P 500 and mind your business. I think that's very important. And, but in our private group core, I was um, sharing this article and Pass was like, pass me the comment. Um, shout out to our brother Pass. He said, yeah, I see why he tells people to buy the S&P 500 because we just can't invest like him because of scale. But it's more than scale. Let me share this um, clip of this video real fast. And then I'll let you weigh in, bro. I know okay. I'm running my mouth. But I want to share this one part of the uh, the clip, though, and I want you to get your, your thoughts on this as well. And by the way, I want to say again, this is from a YouTube channel. Um, you see it right there, F-I-N-A-I-U-S. I don't want to pronounce it wrong, Phineas or however you pronounce it. Um, but here's a part of I was I was looking up this part of the video because I watched the um, I watched this whole documentary. But I want you to pay attention to what he says in this one part, Corey. dollars establishing its position as one of wall street's most profitable companies as a great business with an excellent management team in place despite this he believes the company is overvalued but the oracle of omaha still manages to find a way to profit from the situation he presents solomon with a proposal if they want his money they must create a security for him that guarantees a 15 percent return you see what he did there? Buffett was leveraging his brand in exchange for riskless profit. He was almost acting like DJ Khaled. You can use my name, but for a fee. For Salomon Brothers, 
Having Buffett as an investor is a huge boost of confidence for the company's stock. They managed to create a preferred stock that is designed specifically for him. This security will generate 15% return for Buffett in the long run, but with an unlimited upside should Solomon's stocks soar. <laughs> right, Buffett buys, here, right? But you can see what I'm saying, right? Um, I'll yeah, leave a link man. to that whole video so you can watch the whole documentary yeah, if you yeah. guys want to. But, but this is what I mean when I say, yo, you can't do that. You can't walk into them and say, yo, I want you to create an instrument specifically for me that's going to give me 15% risk free. And this is these are the, some of the things that are not talked about when it, when you see how big his company is by reading that initial article, it's like wow. But then when you start to peel back the layers and see some of the deals that he's been able to be a part of, the average person can't do that. Even if you were to raise capital, um, you have to build a brand over years. And to his credit, he has built a brand in which people feel like, yo, being in business with him is going to do value, add value to our company. So we're willing to give him that. But imagine how valuable you have to be for a company willing to give you 15% preferred. That Damn. means there's no risk for you. If you want my money, you got to create something specifically for me. Yo, that's gangster, man. Like, give me 15% now. And then, you know, with the promise of your company, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's like some Shark Tank stuff. Like, like. <laughs> you want Shark Tank, bro. I don't know what to call that. That's, that's, yeah, that's, like, that's just, that's gangster. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of gangster music. Right? So when I say that you cannot invest like Warren Buffett, this is what I mean, right? It's, it's not to say that his strategies or anything are bad, because I think there's a lot to learn from the, uh, from the gentleman. But at the end of the day, um, who has that kind of leverage? Him and him only. <laughs> he does. Like, yeah, so man. when I read those articles, too, when I read that article to you about the value of the assets they have. And when you see something like that, right, which shows uh, some of the strategies he's used along his long journey, what are your thoughts on um, Berkshire, but also how he's able to leverage his brand? I mean, you got to build a brand to be able to leverage it. That, that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not mad at him for doing it because he had to build that brand. So um, when you when you build something, you're supposed to leverage it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm... I'm mad. I can't do what he's doing. You know, I'm not mad. I'm just, I'm just, I can't do it at the level he's doing it at. Like my man get busy. Like I'm not mad at him. You know what I mean? Like you, he's been investing since the 1950s, right? So mm -hmm. he has an advantage over most people because he's seen all of the market cycles in every way it could possibly. Yes. Um. Also, he's built the brand because like it took him like 20 years to get his first million, and then. It only took him like 10 years to get his first billion. So, you know what I mean? Like, but it still took him 30 years to get a billion dollars mm -hmm. from that point. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. my man has built hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars off of that. Um, and, you know, basically became a household name. He turned Berkshire into a household name. So, um, if you turn something into a household name, I have no problem with you leveraging um, what you what you did, what you've done over time. Um, he so, has he has the results to prove that those deals that he make make sense. Absolutely. But I think there's so many lessons in here. Right. Because. All right. So, so we talked about why you can't invest like Buffett. That's important. Right. But let's take away some lessons that. Um, can be taken from this that we can probably partake of someone else. One of the things is about your personal brand. 
when we talked to the youth in our uh, camp in the summertime, one of the newer lessons that we added this summer was about branding and marketing. And one of the lessons we were talking to the kids about is how you all are a brand, right? Yeah. Um, and what we mean by that is when I think of you, like what are the thoughts or the energy that I, that I believe uh, come to mind? And the idea of building a brand over time that makes people want to do business with you or just be around you is even powerful, but also in terms of the benefit of the doubt, right? Because one of the things, and again, I'll post the full link to that, um, that documentary, but they go over how this has happened multiple times. This isn't the only company he got preferred, by the way. Um, I think it was the deal that he did with, uh, was it Kraft Heinz or, or uh, yep. one, of the, one of the other ones that they talk about it on there. So he's done this multiple times. But the idea of, put it like this, if someone t- comes to me and say, yo, Corey did X, Y, Z, because of the brand and, 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 and what you've built and how I believe you to be as a person, there's certain stuff I'm be like, man, whatever, that's, that's not true, right? But there's yeah. some other folks that they told me like, yo, such and such did this. I'm like, <laughs> whatever they say he did, he did that's that. That's what he did. <laughs> Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, so that's one of the lessons here is about how you're perceived and how that can be valued in business. Because a lot of times people believe that if I have the best product or the best service, that's all that matters. That's not it at all. And yeah, and I think that's another because lesson. we we know that from our business because our we we've helped a lot of people make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people making way more money than we are. And well, absolutely, so, and so. It, it it has more to do with branding than it does to do with um than than it has to do with any of the products or services that we sold or will sell in the future. Yeah, because we don't put out junk. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is is um you know people are are uh I don't want to say stupid, but like people just get mesmerized by by branding, and so. Well, um, most people act off of emotion, right? Yeah, they, they're emotional. They don't do no statistical background research. I mean, only, only research they do is of what happened in their life. Well, also, this is why people are, are easily, I shouldn't say easily, because this is it's, it's bad to say this, but people are scammed a lot. And a lot of it has to do with their greed, right? So one of the messages that I preach all the time is like, yo, pay down your credit card debt, buy the S&P, mind your business, have fun, enjoy your family. That doesn't sell online, right? At it's all. not as salacious as someone coming on saying, I got all the secrets that the wealthy don't want you to know, which is BS, right? And so but we've been offered opportunities as by the hood, right, to make money, um, have sponsors and things of that nature that don't align with our mission. And we've turned them down to our detriment financially. But I think that also goes to how we see ourselves as a brand long term. We don't we don't create YouTube or do things in the community for money. Like we we are practitioners, um, and that's one of the things that I, I was telling someone yesterday. I was like, no, Corey actually goes in the community and teaches. I actually work in real estate. I work in real estate valuation every day. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I sell real estate. Like we actually are practitioners of the things that we talk about. So it's not like we do all the the media stuff. Um, or even any courses or our membership group is not for money. It's it's just you know this is what we do to help bring more attention to the, the community work we do. Anyway, I say that to say this, when you look at the Buffett thing, I think it's a story about, first of all, um, and the point of this podcast, and the reason I think this is an interesting topic is because for folks that are listening or watching, I want you to really think about like valuations of businesses. 
when you look at someone that has a trillion dollars in assets, but they're being dwarfed in terms of a market cap by someone who has one twentieth of them and, and aren't even really delivering products. Right. So it's like, what do the market caps of these companies really mean? Really think about that when you start to break down a company from a fundamental standpoint. And these companies don't even have assets, but they have these valuations. That's the first part. The second well, part is see if they don't have assets and they have products, that's a different story. Well, the products also will be considered an asset, right? So when you look at the, when you look at how they were breaking down assets, it's not just the things that are liquid on their books in terms of treasury bills. It's also inventories and things like that. Yeah. Um, a lot of these tech companies, their valuation is based on um, projections of what they could be. It's almost like when you watch um, some of these NBA contracts. Oh, it's not man. based on it's not based on what these per people have or what they've done. It's what is the projection of what they could be, right? So it's 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 kind of like that. Um, but I personally think, and shout out to our brother Diamond Dave, because he talks about this all the time. But I want you to date, know Dave, if you're watching this, I want you to know I do listen to you. Dave talks about how um, some of this value is just BS. It's not based on anything. It's, 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 it's smoke and mirror. So, but when you look at something that he's built, that he actually has the assets to back up his valuation, it's, it's very impressive. But also, I think the other part of this lesson is... Um, how your brand can matter, even at the highest levels of business. We know it can matter at the smallest levels of business, right? But at the highest levels of business, your brand still has a value and still matters, man. So I, that, that's that's my takeaway from this story, Core. I don't know if you want to add anything to this, bro. Nah, man. Branding matters, man. And like, and 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 um, personal branding, yep. Personal branding and persistence, right? Because what my man had, he built this over a. 65 75 year period right? <laughs> yeah, way so been in it. it's not this is not something that was built in a overnight period or a 20 year period he built this over since the 1950s so that you're talking about 70 years right yeah. you're talking about 70 years of of building something and so yeah. when you're talking about 70 years of building something that's what 70 years of building something should look like right something you know he built a personal brand and a business brand that you know reflects what he's done over the last 70 years and, and I like, i'm not yeah like i'm not i'm not a fan or or a detractor of him i'm just saying he you know he is what he say he is you know what i mean his evaluation says i i own stuff like yeah, he's, yeah. he says you know i do stuff he's like i built my wealth by owning things right mm -hmm. and that's literally what his books say <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, you can't. And, you know, and all his messages are about long term. It's like it's yeah. not about what's happening today or what's happening tomorrow. It's about the long term. So you 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 know you might be able to say a lot of things about Warren, but what you can't say is that his he's not who he say he is. He, he say, say you say he, you say he live in his raps, huh? Yeah, <laughs> he lived them free, freestyles, man. <laughs> so so I think that's but also the last thing I want to add is man, this is why it's so powerful. Um, so for those who don't know, myself, Corey, and a lot of our uh, you know our I like to call them family, man. We don't really have friends. We build with family. Me, Corey, and a lot of our um family um have built an investment club together. And you know we started a couple of years ago. I think the, the start of the club was in 2019. And, you know, we're a multiple six-figure club at this point, and it literally um, just pulling our resources, buying assets. So, you know, we're, we're taking our stab at, you know, kind of the same thing over a long period of time. Obviously, it's only been a couple of years, but we've already, like I said, multiple six figures in valuation in terms of the assets that we own. 
Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like 20, 30 years from now, right? No, for sure. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I think that's powerful because our our uh, investment club are people that look like us, and we're trying to do it, you know, um, with culture in mind. So, no, be careful saying that on the internet, man. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, listen, we're not selling anything. We're not selling anything. The only for shares of anything. I want to make sure I put that out there. This is none of this is investment advice. I'm just saying that um, you know, we're building ourselves. We live in 2023, though, man. People crazy as hell, man. <laughs> This is not a fun. We're not offering you anything. We don't want nope. any of your money. Yeah, I want to make sure I say that we don't want nobody's money. No, um, we're we're an investment club. We're just right? talking about what we do. Yeah, we are a registered investment club. This is not financial advice, but our registered financial club is growing, um, and hopefully, uh, our reputations and everything um, grow and give us opportunities to. Um, uh, and by the way, speaking of that, we do own a couple uh, equity and a couple private businesses in our investment club and guess how that came about through our reputation so it's just you know we live in our rabbits bro you know what i'm saying yeah. so all that being said man um everybody who supports what we got going on we appreciate you um check us out um fridays we missed last friday corey's in the process of moving so once my man gets settled and everything we'll be back on every friday we'll be back on this friday oh, I, just had, you ready about man, I was i was moving my no it's all good bro my listen son, my wife my kids listen, man, man you, you, across you, the country bro, though, you so. are a family man man like i said we live our raps man we, we, we yeah we man I, i'm proud of you bro and i love to see the you know the moves y'all making down there man so um everybody show Corey some love online for those that follow core man because you know he, he made the he made the move you know what i'm saying no state taxes and all that so <laughs> <laughs> It only work if you got a job, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. I might come down there soon too, man, just to check out everybody and text hey, me. Man. Shout out to Chastity and Russ and you. I might come down and see y'all, man. Cause come on through, man. We yeah, yeah, yeah. I might do that, know. man. I need, I need, I need you, and I need you and the missus to take me on a tour of some of the real estate out there, man. I might, you, I might. You come know down. what we doing out here on the real estate side? We out here building a, you know, a small little army out Listen, here on that side. I got, a, I got a flight voucher with American Airlines that I have to use by November. They're gonna strip me of it, so I'll be I, mean, I might use that. I'll be down. here when you get here, bro. Yeah, I might do that, man. Plus, I want to pull up on my man Russ and Chad man so shout out to all of our family man all of our uh, members of mdc strategy man we love y'all everybody else that's just watching listening to this content we appreciate it make sure you share hit the like button do all that youtube and stuff that i didn't mention in the beginning because <laughs> we're not really youtubers but you know this is, you know anybody watching this on facebook salute to you as well we appreciate um you know people that support us on all platforms uh with that being said bro any last words before we get out of here no man just you know take the time to build with you know take the time to build yeah, Corey, Corey hit it, man. The lessons I had were about like um, valuation and brand. And Corey came with another third lesson, which is important, man. Build things over time. I think that's important to point out, man. Thank you for pointing that out. Everybody, um, you know, so the questions I want to leave you with today is what are you building, right? What are you building? And um, outside of that, what do you think about some of these tech company valuations? I would love to hear some feedback on that. With that being said, as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates, and we'll see you guys on our next episode. Peace.